desire for stimulation mm-hmm. that is maybe you know we, we talk about some, some people have a just a higher threshold they need more to feel than others right Do you feel like that fits you um yes in a lot yes yes i feel like uh in a lot of ways i feel like i'm not going to be enough unless i change the world or if i i I do something spectacular i i was thinking about this actually because i'm trying to uh, um with the vision board exercise and with setting the mindset and changing my mind frame from being so despaired to hopeful again and Mm. grateful again and a lot of people tell you you know visualize and fantasize and, and stuff about what you want you know what are your goals what is that and then reverse engineer from there right sure and I realized that I don't just want to be another voice actor. I don't just want to be another on-camera guy or stage MC. I want to do something phenomenal. I want I want to do something where the results come like and there's it's sometimes where I really believe that I'm willing to give my life for that. Wow. And That's I had a pretty high bar, Micah. I know. I know. And, and, and I should probably try, (laughs) I should probably try and compromise this a little bit, but kind of like what you were saying, you know, there's some people who've gone through some shit when they were younger, um, tend to have a higher threshold and tend to see things in a little different way. Um, and I was very in or opposite. I mean, it's not necessarily the kids have gone through shit. Some people really are born with like almost like a chemical need for more. Yeah. And then also on, then there's the other side where people get overstimulated much more easily. So, you know, there's just this huge range that I think is just built in with some temperament, regardless of early trauma. Okay. Um, no, yeah, I just you wanted what? to that, put that out there. Yeah. That makes sense though, because, um, I might've had a little bit of both. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I visually look just like my great grandfather, apparently what my grandmother tells me, but my character and my personality is spit an image of my biological father who died right before I was two years old, right before my younger brother was born, tragically, in a tragic event. And um, and he didn't have the easiest of lives. And I grew up in a really – it was pretty fucking dysfunctional in a lot of ways for a long time. You know, stepdad was alcoholic and um, – pretty neglectful for the first few years until he sobered up and the poverty issue and um the fallout from my father's tours in vietnam um Mm -hmm. all sorts of shit you know my older brother finding out that he had a different father when when he was like going on fucking oh you two have the same mother and different fathers yeah and and so me and both of my brothers we have our own fucking funny house full of of trauma <laughs> and yeah. issues Makes to me deal want with. to know more about your mom too strong that's woman a um that's a ton for her to have gone through she was she was a widow age 22 um with two boys and one on the way 
Oh. Yeah. That's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. She ended up, and she didn't even, because of the pregnancies, um, she had to drop out of high school. So she didn't graduate high school. She went back. Here's a success story for you. She went back, got her GED, and then went to school training to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and she ended up getting her master's when we were young teens. Yeah. Oh, wow. Once, once we could. That's a lot of grit. That's a yeah, lot of grit. <laughs> quote, unquote, once we could wipe our own ass and learned how to cook for ourselves. Yeah. She's yeah. like, fuck you, boys. I'm going back to school. And that's what she did. Became a teacher. Um, and she had a I wonderful. You're proud. You're super proud of her, aren't you? Yeah. 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 We protected her. You know, we mm -hmm. felt like we were when we were mm -hmm. younger. Um, mm -hmm. My stepfather never hit us, you know, aside from a spanking or something. Um, and he never hit my mom. But there were times where he would get ripped and start destroying furniture. And we had this old Victorian style Just house with these brick walls. And he would throw furniture above her head onto the wall so it would shatter mm -hmm. and just cause chaos. And I remember my older brother and I running into the room and covering our mom yeah. to make sure she didn't get hit. Wow. Yeah. It's just as threatening, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you know it yeah. is one misfire, right? Right. Oh, that's a lot. I'm glad she right. got through it, though. And and uh, But, yeah, that's a lot there. And I think, you know, Mike, as we – also as we – you know, as, as we're adults and we reflect on – the, the stuff we went through as kids and also now that we are the age that our parents were <laughs> when these things were happening, you know, having this a little bit more of a 360 understanding and you're a parent also, right? Like right. having, it's just, it, there's so many stories and there's so many, there's so many angles. And I think sometimes when we have also some lofty goals, it's still important to work through what is now, right? What's still yeah. coming up for us now on top of this or mixed in there, the, the grief that you have had to go through with these massive life changes to yeah. live with your epilepsy. Um, so we just yeah. turned this into a session. I just turned this into a session, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Is that, that is okay? okay. I you told me you. I could go wherever I wanted and that's where I'm going. <laughs> I need it though. Honestly, it just, you know, I feel sometimes overwhelmed. Um, yeah. I always felt like I was a fighter and I'm going to come through it. Um, but I don't have a plan right now. You know, it's like I, I've got a little bit of a plan, but I think I need a little bit of help to get my plan organized and structured to the point where here we go. You know, even fighters need to rest, learn new skills. Sometimes, no. sometimes fighters are picking the bigger fights so that maybe hopefully they might just die gloriously in battle. Interesting. Right. Because like the everyday stuff is boring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Less I couldn't, I, I, you know, my older brother is, is, and my younger brother, both, you know, one is in the business world trading and, and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. One is high, high security, super secret 
like works for government projects and stuff mm -hmm. like he's literally a rocket scientist mm -hmm. um <laughs> and then here i am um mm -hmm. and i can i can look i can't imagine my life like theirs i couldn't imagine even living it well show me a family where the siblings are similar good point like show me one i have yet to see one <laughs> right right and you know um there was a, i i was traveling out to the midwest to see a friend and i'd stop by to see my older brother he lives in a gated community right off of the south shore of lake michigan and gorgeous house gorgeous community you know um and i was telling him i was like you know i'm pretty envious you've got it you've really done well for yourself and I wish I could give this kind of security to my family. Um, you know, the fact that he he paid for their tuition. Our parents never paid for our college tuition. We had to, right. I still owe student loans, God damn it. They couldn't, yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> you know, I, we never could, could do that. And he looked at me, he chuckled, and he was like, dude, my daughters are never going to tell their friends about how dad saved up a 401k. They will be talking about their uncle Micah and the time he hiked the Colorado trail or the time he rappelled over the side of the Grand Canyon looking for a cave or the trouble he got into in college. You know, it's, I wear my heart on my sleeve. We're not yeah. holding secrets back. Secrets. Fucking His grass green. is greener, you know? Right. Uh, right. Grass was, is greener. Exactly. Well, and you'll like this joke. You'll like this. I always, I'm always finding my in for my jokes. I was at a, workout class the other day and the the it was a class you know and the coach at the end we we're stretching and he's like I don't know what it is you know people with small asses always want big butts and people with big butts always want small butts and I said the ass is always greener <laughs> and I got to ring the cowbell for that joke <laughs> nice nice that's a good nice one. but the ass is always greener yeah so a little bit about that. Oh, and before we started recording, I had also shown you my little scars yeah. from the most recent, yes. the head wound. I didn't see that above. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. So, listener, on Micah's forehead, we've got, is it kind of a bruise? It's it's healing. It's, it's, it's healing. the scabs from the bruise. So, I hit, oh, okay. yeah. I hit the floor. And oh. I hit the floor between my glasses and my forehead. And yeah. then I started seizing. And so oh. my guess is, is that the vibration of my seizures caused mm -hmm. the bruise to actually swell up into a... Like a, actually get rubbed. Oh, yeah. Gosh. A, a, like yeah. it's like a... It's massive rug burn is mm. what it is. So oh my Sorry. listeners, here's what's up. I had a breakthrough seizure. Um... And I know some of you were like, well, shit, you just got the implant surgery. How can you have a breakthrough seizure now? Um, because they hadn't turned it on yet. They need the first month for the device to gather the data, okay, from your brain waves. And then they can go in and program the device to counter those specific seizures that it detects. So it's not an immediate right away type of thing. Um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword, but 
Actually, I think of it this way. Oh, oh, and it's not just the forehead. It's also the eyes. I cracked my nose. The, uh, what do they call that? The septum? Right there? Uh, the bridge of yes, your nose? I think so. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> I think that's a septum. Well, you can so. see that side is like nice, yeah. deep, pussy yeah, red. It's like, like it really has a like a black eye. Yeah. Like yeah. It's like someone eye. straight up punched me straight yeah. in the face is it's what like happens. The floor did. The floor punched you. Right. Yeah. But but I didn't hit the floor super hard because I hit one of the tables in my studio space um, mm-hmm. first. So I have bruised ribs too. And mm-hmm. one of them might be cracked, but they're bruised. We know that. Oh, yeah. so, when will we turn the device on then? And my like ankle is all scraped up. Yeah. Oh, but oh. What, what this did was it gave the device the data. Okay. Oh. And when I went in, um, I went in on Monday to get it programmed. It was our scheduled meeting, everything. And uh, they showed me that seizure because I upload with a little magic mm-hmm. wand every day, this little Bluetooth mm-hmm. connection that gathers all my brainwave activity and uploads it mm-hmm. to, to the system. And this fucking seizure lasted almost four minutes. Like really really close to the time where you know we they say don't the five don't call. minute mark yeah the five minute mark that's that's yeah. about when you're starting to fumble for your phone and go oh shit rescue yeah. meds can i give it to him no um so yeah four minutes no wonder i got so beat to shit yeah. and it was huge it was yeah. huge it took so, over both parts of the brain so now that they've collected that what's what's the next step when will they be able to turn it on Oh, they turned it on that day. Oh, they it's asked, on. Okay. And, okay. And they programmed it to detect that specific seizure activity. And a couple of others that they noticed, like I have seizures in my sleep and stuff that may or may not wake me up. Um, so, so they programmed it for all of the seizure data that they've gathered so far. Mm-hmm. So now, next time that seizure starts in that area the device will detect it within milliseconds before it can manifest and it will send a counter pulse to stop it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So now's there, now that it's turned on, it's the wait and see. Uh-huh. That kind of see if it'll kick on. You, you seem, you're so lit up by this, Micah. Like you've got, to, you're so excited about this. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited for you too. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I respond horribly to drugs pharmaceutical drug treatments are horrible. They either don't work at all or the side effects are so awful that I can't maintain a quality of life. And so, you know, this is just the start. There's going to be other seizure areas because we know there are other areas where my seizures originate from, but this is a start. They're getting some of the big ones first. Yeah. And the data that my neurotransmitter is going to continue to collect the data at the same time, counter the seizure activity that it's already detected. Mm-hmm. And then in three months, we go back and we reprogram it. So right. that it really, device... it's learning. It's really yes. learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. Exactly. It's, it's a learning device. This is one of the few treatments out there. Maybe, maybe the one that actually improves over time. 
right. drug, yeah, drug medications fade. Yep. regardless of whether you're a fast metabolizer like me or if it takes five or seven years for you to get used to your drugs, they mm-hmm. fade and mm-hmm. you're going to start resurging again. With this, it's a physical, actual counter. It's not just yeah. a little chem- biochemical. Right. Yeah. Right. It's really just like, that's what's happening. We're going to knock it out. <laughs> right. 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 So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. So the the big seizure I had happened literally like I think three days before I had three or four days before I had this programmed. Um, I did get a mild concussion, um, you know, the bruised and maybe cracked rib and all this stuff. They don't want me like taking off camping or anything um, yeah. until I go back to my neurosurgeon and we already have it. We have a meeting scheduled on Tuesday, so that's cool. They're going to recheck, probably do another CT scan, um, and just make sure. You know, Micah, there's this there's this theme. I don't know. I, I'm going to ask you to try something with me. You, you're up for it? Yeah, I'm totally little, up for it. A little something. Okay. So while while I talk, I want you to just get any kind of scrap paper, anything. Okay, back of an envelope, sticky note, some kind of scrap paper. Okay. Okay. And then I saw you had a you had a mug, right? Yeah. A mug. Okay, so I want you to set set that mug on the paper and just and just so you can trace a nice circle or anything that has like a nice circle. If it's bumpy, don't use it. Yeah, something with a nice circle. And you know, one a theme that you're talking about that comes up not only for my clients with epilepsy, but really any client that is seeking therapy, at least with me, has gone through something where they can't do the things they used to do for whatever reason. Um, fired from a job, uh, you know, a breakup, um, a change in their mental health, a physical accident. They can't do the things that they used to do that they built so much of their identity around and their feelings of self-worth. So now they're faced with, I can't do those things I used to do or be with the person I used to be with or whatever it was. So who am I? And this is existential question. And especially in a culture like ours, that is like, what's the first question someone asks? Oh, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? Right. right. So we have to like, you know, we've all got our elevator pitches about what we do. And then people reflect, oh, that's so cool. What you do, what you do, what you do. Well, then what if you can't do that anymore? So this is a theme that I've worked with, with in some of the groups with the Epilepsy Foundation. And so that's all the groundwork. Now with this little circle that you've made, Have you traced your little circle? Yeah. I can't see. (laughs) Listener, follow along. (laughs) Um, I want you to, with whatever you have handy, pencil, ballpoint, pen, looking at this image of the circle, I want you to just make an image within it, anything that pops to mind. What does the circle need? And then we're going to reflect a little bit. So usually I would take a little more time and prep work with somebody. But if if you need to also just ground yourself, Take a few deep breaths. Just look at the circle and start making marks. This is not capital A art. This is more along the lines of doodling. Okay. There's no right or wrong. The only rule is to be kind to yourself. Okay. So take a minute and just, you know, if you don't know what to do, just kind of ask the circle silently, like, what do you need? What do you want? What should happen to you? 
So we're kind of opening up the subconscious a little bit to um, give us some messages. It's just a starting point. It's a taking a conversation in a direction it might not go otherwise, especially when we're talking about these big things like what's my value? So these are the questions that that are coming up in your subconscious. So do you get a chance to to make a little image in there, Michael? Micah. Sorry, I called you Michael. Micah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this time. This time. <laughs> Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Um, You know, my brain is racing so much with so many different things, trying to get my voiceover work back, trying to, you know, get my head straight to be able to get on stage again um, or in front of the camera. But there's, there's, there's a moment in my life that I'll never forget and it sticks with me and it comes up often and I just drew kind of a, a landscape of it and it's a landscape of Dead Horse Point in Utah looking over the canyon lands. Would you mind holding up the image? I know our listener can't see this, but this I would is like really, to see really basic. Like I said, I'm a stick That's what I asked guy. you to do. Let's but, see. Back it up a little bit. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. We gotcha. we got to Dead Horse Point late in the afternoon on a spring break trip with my best friend from high school and a couple of girls and um who were also some of our best friends, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh we didn't have time to get to a campground or BLM land to camp. So we hiked down like a quarter mile off of the overlook, you know, quarter, half mile down. And we lowered our packs onto a wind cave, like a wind shelter cave. And we're talking like a couple thousand feet down to the bottom. And we can't, it, it was amazing. We ferried our packs by rope and then climbed down by hand to this lower section. And it was one of the greatest campsites I had ever, Mm. ever been a part of in my life. It was amazing. And then the next day, my best friend and I went climbing up these little draws. You know, you climb up a chimney, up a draw, see what's up there. And then you chimney down and you go on and you go on up. Mm. Um, And we just pushed it a little too hard. And I fell. (laughs) And Mm. I barely caught myself. And I'm literally like less than a quarter inch of, of, you know, thank God I had Converse on because they're sticky soles. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my buddy was looking at me actually through binoculars from camp. And when he saw me go, he immediately like picked up the rope and came screaming down to uh, save my ass. Um, a couple years later, um, maybe three, four years later, I don't know how long. He and a buddy, and I was living in, I think I was in Durango at the time. But he and one of our other buddies um, were were free climbing the hogback right across from um, right across from Red Rocks when a huge 
piece of rock that he was on peeled away from the cliff and brought it with him. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't, I wasn't there. And it's like something I think that's haunted me for a good part of my life is because here's the guy who saved my ass in Canyonlands, you know, um, and I wasn't able to be there for him to save him there. And Micah, as you, as you look at this image, could you answer this? What, what wisdom does this image have for you right now? Why did this image come to you now? What does it need you to know? Hmm. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. Said it's all too much. Said it's all too much. Breaks your legs, you go and beat it with your crutch. It's all too much. It's all too much. Said it's all too much. And if the world breaks your legs, you go and beat it with your crutch.